So here's our problem, church. God is eternal, and he does not live, nor is he bound by time, but he speaks into time. And because he speaks into time, we think that God is bound by the time. But he's not. And our problem is that he'll say something and say, all right, I'm, I'm about to do this in your life. You think it's going to happen next month. It might, it might be his plan for you for two, three years from now. And you get frustrated with God. You know why? Because we in the J.G. Whitworth generation. We need our money now. We catch now. We, 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 that's how we get down. You can't wait for the annuity. You need everything right now. So because of that, we become frustrated with God. God says, my word will not return to me void. That if I said it, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it in due season. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused. Kingdom minded. Kingdom living. This is the Rama Talk podcast. And you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Today, Pastor Damon touches on the promises of God for another season and the speaking into your destiny, referencing the 16th and 17th chapter of 1 Samuel. Now, let's join him as he delivers the word of God. Amen. We had, a, we had an awesome month in September, amen, our month, the entire month we talked about push. And, and, and I believe that we heard a word from the Lord in, this, in that series of push. And, and we're going to, God, God's going to shift us into another series. But in the meanwhile, I got, I got some sermons for you. And today, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. And I was telling Elder John earlier this morning, I said, I've preached from this same text at least three times. I know Elder John preached from it not too long ago, but that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God. I can use the same text and preach 100 messages and be different messages because the Word of God is that rich. And so let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And just, and just to start us off, all I need is verse 54 to get us started. We're going to have a lot more. I'm, you know, I'm not going to just give you one scripture and close my Bible. Amen. We're going we're to go through the word, but all I need to get started is verse 54. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 54. If you do not have your Bibles, we will definitely have the, the scriptures on the monitors for you this morning. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you still turn and say, hold up. Amen. Samuel is in our Bible. If you get the second Samuel, You've gone too far. Amen. First Samuel chapter 17. I'm just going to read verse 54 to get us started. And it says, And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. I'm going to stop right there. That's all I need to get started. Today, church, we're talking about David. Now, this is at the time of our text. David is not King David. He's David the shepherd boy. Okay, now this is the David in our text. This is the David that received a word from the Lord that has not yet matured. Or he received a word from the Lord that has not yet come to pass. And so you're asking me, I can hear you asking me, Pastor, what word did he receive to not come to pass? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Go to chapter 16, verse 1. Chapter 16, verse 1. In In this verse, 
Samuel, who was the prophet, is mourning the rejection, the rejection of Saul. Look what it says here in chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the, Bethlehem, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. So let me explain this whole text to you, church. Understand that God never intended for Israel to have a king. God was going to be their God, and that was all they needed. But Israel, just like the church today, we wanted to be like the world. See, see Israel saw all the other nations around them, all of the other kingdoms, the Assyrians and, and, and the, all of the Canaanites, they all had kings. So they went to God and said, God, we want a king too. God said, you don't need a king. I'm your God. What do you need a king for? The king going to just use you and abuse you. Why, why you want a king? No, because everybody else got a king. So give us one, God. God said, all right, bet. I'm going to give you one. They, and, and so he, he, he gave them Saul. Saul was king, and then Saul wanted to do his own thing instead of doing what God told him to do. And so what Saul did was he went in there, God told him, I want you to, when you go into the city, I want you to wipe everything out, everybody out, and, 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 and kill everything and everybody. He went in there and decided he was going to keep the king as the king of his enemy as a trophy for himself. And he's going to keep all of their good cattle and all their good gold and all their stuff. And then when the prophet came to him and asked him about it, he lied about it. No, I, I killed every, I thought what God told me to do. Nah, y'all quiet in this Lutheran church, all right? Because we do the same thing. We, 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 we say, God, I did what you told me to do. God said, don't lie to me. I'm God. I know. You did a little bit what I told you to do, and the rest is what you want to do. Saul got so cocky, he built a memorial for himself. Like he did that. Not knowing it was God. So God says, I rejected Saul, and I'm going to appoint me a new king. Listen to what he said. I'm going to appoint me. God said, I'm going to make my own king. I gave you what you wanted, it didn't work. Now I'm going to put in place what I want. And the, and the king that I want to put in place is going to come out of Jesse's house. So you know the story. So, so Jesse, the, Samuel shows up with his, his horn of oil to Jesse's house. And he said, one of your sons is going to be king. He brought his oldest son. He said, ain't, that ain't him. He brought out all his strong sons. Everybody else, this, this is not who God wants. He said, man, Samuel said, you ain't got no other kids, no other sons? Oh, man, I forgot. Yeah, David. He out there in the, in the field. The one that, that, no one that, that nobody expected to be king. No one, the one that nobody thought was worth anything, he's the one that God wanted to anoint as king. See, he out there all smelly with the sheep, and, 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 and God said, this is the one I want. But look what it says here in, in verse, uh, verse 1. He said, I will anoint, appoint myself a king. Um, so, so God took it from Saul while Saul still had it. Mm-hmm. Y'all missed that. Uh-huh. So, oh, can I give you a sidebar there? Just because a person has a position don't mean they have power. Many people have positions but don't have any power because God took it from them. And so what Saul became, Saul became a placeholder. God says, I'm going to keep Saul in place till I can train David. And when I train up David, then Saul going to be gone. And so, just like God would do it, he says, I'm going to go ahead and give you this word now, David. So, David knew he was king, but he couldn't tell nobody. <laughs> David, David was king and, 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 and couldn't say nothing to nobody that I am now the king of Israel. 
And that's what happens sometimes, church. God will give you a word, and you think the word is for right now, but it's for your future. And we become frustrated because it ain't happening now. He said, my word will come to pass, but not in this season. You got you to gotta wait a little while longer. Oh, I didn't give you my sermon title. My sermon title was not here, but there. Wow. <laughs> not here, but there. It's going to make sense by the time we get to the end. All right. So, so, so here's our problem, church. God is eternal, and he does not live, nor is he bound by time, but he speaks into time. And because he speaks into time, we think that God is bound by the time. But he's not. And our problem is that he'll say something and say, all right, I'm, I'm about to do this in your life. And you think it's going to happen next month. All right. it, might, it might be his plan for you for two, three years from now. And you get frustrated with God. You know why? Because we in the J.G. Whitworth generation. We need our money now. We cash now. We, 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 that's how we get down. You can't wait for the annuity. You need everything right now. So because of that, we become frustrated with God. God says, my word will not return to me void. That if I said it, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it in due season. Due season. And so, so, so David is king. And then just like God would have it set up, he is summoned by Saul. Because David could, had a gift and Saul needed his gift. See, what happened was there was a spirit that came upon Saul. Um, this demonic spirit or this, this spirit of affirmity came upon him. And he was, he, uh, in today's time, we would just say he's schizophrenic or he's bipolar. But David, uh, Saul be sitting there one minute, hey, you know, Deke, how you doing? The next minute he wilding out. Amen. <laughs> I know some of y'all know some Saul's, Amen. <laughs> You don't know who you're going to get when you get him. You say, all right, who am I going to get today? <laughs> Saul had this type of personality. And so the only thing that could quench that spirit was, was a musician. So let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the Bible says. Uh, we're still in chapter 16. Go to verse 14. Let's look at 14 through 19. Look what it says here. Verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That's a rough place when the spirit of the Lord leaves you, ain't it? And look, as soon as the spirit of the Lord left Saul, look what happened. Another spirit came. And a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. You got to be careful when you, when you don't want the Lord's spirit on you. Because as soon as that spirit leaves, another spirit will try to attach itself to you. Look what it says here. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to go and seek a man who is a skillful, played, a skillful player on a harp. And it shall be that when he play with his hands, when this distressing spirit from God is upon you, you shall be well. So Saul said to him, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the, Be the, the Bethlehemite, who is a skilled, skilled for in playing. This is, what he, this is how he describes David. He's, a, he's skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, and period in his speech. And he's a handsome young fella. And the Lord is with him. Therefore, Saul sent a message to Jesse and said, 
send me your son David, who is with the sheep. Now, this messed me up because these are the king's men in his inner court. They're describing, listen, they're describing David in his future state. Because right now he's just a shepherd boy. They say he's a man of valor and a man of war. David never fought in a war. See, that's what I said, not here, but there. See, they're, they're, they're speaking into his destiny and don't even know it. And they say he's a handsome young brother. Nice on the heart. A man of war, a man of valor. And so, 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 so they, they said, he said, bring me David. Now, David doing what he's been called to do. He's out there tending to his father's sheep. And so, uh, oh, oh, can I give you another sidebar here? This is why you shouldn't miss praise and worship. They said that this music that David could create can push away demons. Understand what happens when you come into praise and worship. It's warfare. It's not just us singing songs and us getting up here making noise. No, we're tapping into something and we're tapping into a warfare that can dispel your demons. Oh, I just come for the word. Okay. Then you're missing your time of warfare. You're missing your time to get shored up. And, and, and then, then, then the glory cloud rests on its place and you'd have missed it. Amen. Let me, let me get back to my text. All right. Because uh, y'all looking at me funny. All right. Um, here's the thing. They called David a warrior, but when Saul summoned him, they summoned him as a worshiper. He was summoned to come to the king as a worshiper. And all he needed, all he needed David was to do was to play his harp. Somebody say, play your harp. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got you to gotta play your harp. See, David, listen, you understand. David walked into the king's room knowing that I'm the new king. And he didn't go in there and say, you know what? I'm the new king. God called me to be a king, so, so I'm, you need to teach me so, I can, so you get out of my way. He went there and did what he was called to do, just to play his harp. He's not trying to rush God's hand. He, I'm, I'm here to play my harp, and that's all I'm going to do. I ain't going to mention nothing about me being king. So, so, so that's what he did. Uh, you got to go in there and do what you got to do. God used his demonic spirit to get David closer to the king so he can be trained by the king. So sometimes you can't despise what's going on in your life. Why did God put me on this job? Why am I in this position? You're in that position so he can get you closer to the one you're really about to be in. But you got to learn. And here's the thing. God said, even though Saul wasn't a great king, so God says, good, some exposure is better than no exposure. And so I got to put you around somebody that's doing the job so you can learn how to do the job. That's why my journey to this place, I don't despise it. Because I realized that everybody he put me next to, it was so I could learn. You got to understand something. You can learn people, you can learn what to do and what not to do from people. You realize that, right? Every situation is a learning situation. Understand. I stood next to people who was behind this place. And I ain't doing that. I ain't saying that. <laughs> but then there were things I said, you know what, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was helpful. 
And so sometimes God will, God sent me there to play my harp. I'm sending you there, son, to play your harp. Play your harp. And while you're playing your harp, I'm teaching you something. I ain't trying to be the pastor. I ain't trying none of that. I just went in there playing my harp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went, I went. I was faithful. Played my harp. And, and, and here's the thing. You got you, 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 you to gotta learn. I guarantee you that some of you all say, you know what? When, even when you look at your own child, you say, you know what? My parents did this. They did get a great job in this area. But this area, they didn't do such a great job. And I'm pretty sure your kids are saying the exact same thing. <laughs> My parents did a great job in this area. But in this area? And so you learn the good and the bad. I'm going to tell my mom, you should teach me when I was a kid. You can always eat, but you got to learn how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. What you can't take in, don't bring in. But what's good, bring it in. And so that's what David had to do. David had to get here, and he had to learn. But here's what I love about David. He went there, and he just went, and he played his harp. You, you know, he didn't go there and try to preach. He didn't go there. He didn't try to, you know, do this or do that. He went there because he was hired to play his harp. You ever go to a concert and the singer's supposed to be singing, they're doing all this talking? I ain't paid to come to hear you talk. I came to hear you sing. Play your harp. Do what you were called to do. Amen. People try to add on. You, oh, oh, I got another sidebar. Can I give you another sidebar? This is totally off task, but I'll get back on task in a minute. You ever, you ever gone to churches and they ask the deacon to come and pray? The deacon, yeah, the, the chairman of the deacon board. He gonna get down on one knee. He gonna hoop while he praying. Now, nah, Lord, mm, Lord, we need you to bless Africa. Uh-huh. Need you to start down in Kenya, God. Work your way over to Uganda, Father. When you leave there, get up to Egypt, God. Uh-huh. Then it's a God, you're awesome. In Genesis, you were a creator, and in Exodus, you were a liberator, and in Leviticus, you are a legislator. Oh, come on here, God. Deacon, all we called you to do was to pray over the offering. <laughs> do what you were called to do. You this three-hour dissertation, just pray over the offering. That's it. But you, 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 you. <laughs> y'all leave Deacon Luke alone. Why y'all looking at Deacon Luke? Deacon Luke don't do that. He get, he pray over the offering. And he going about his business. Leave Deacon Luke alone. Y'all notice Deacon Sherrod ain't here, right? I wonder why he ain't come to church Sunday. He probably sick because he probably with the kicker from Pittsburgh. They sick together. But anyway, let me get back on task. Let me, let me get back on task. When David played his harp, the demons would leave. So if you come and you do what you're called to do, you're anointed to do, things will happen. And God will send you to a place. Now, here's the thing that messed up with Saul. Saul knew he had this demon bothering him. He had this demonic spirit on him, and yet he told David, you go home because I'm about to go to war. So he wanted to go to war without the anointing. 
That doesn't sink in later. So what he did was he had to go gather his army and go confront these Philistines. And he sent David home, the only one who can calm down that spirit. He said, go home. So David ain't no problem. I'll go home. He went right back to his daddy's sheep. See, David didn't have a problem. He, he was king. He had been anointed king, but he had no problem playing his harp. He had no problem serving his father. He had no time tending to the sheep because he said, I'm going to do what I'm called to do to God call me higher. I'm going to be good at where I'm at until God calls me higher. And so he sent them home. And then Saul gets to the battlefield, and guess who comes out? This nine and a half to 12 foot tall man named Goliath. He comes out, and here's the thing. Goliath was a huge man, but Saul wasn't no shrimp either. You know, the Bible describes Saul. The Bible says that he was head and shoulders above everybody in Israel. He was a tall man. The thing about this, if I'm head and shoulders up taller than everybody else, I got him by a little bit. <laughs> now, if I'm head and shoulders up taller, you, know, you, you got a problem if I'm head and shoulders up <laughs> Amen. Y'all leave my friend alone. Amen. Y'all trying to play my man? <laughs> he ain't even here. All right. That's the inside joke. My, 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 my friend, Kev, Minister Kev, he, he's, he's, he's on duty right now. He, he's, he's, he's a chaplain in the Air Force. He's an Air Force officer, a chaplain. He does that, and he's a church administrator. And me and Kev was in the Marine Corps together. And, and people really thought he was my little brother. But Kev is older than me. When I was a corporal, he was my sergeant. And, and Kev probably about, about this tall. It was so funny when we was in the Marine Corps. You know, when we were in the Marines together, they, they, I don't know why they did this, but they would line the tallest guys up front in the formation. And, and as you move back in the formation, the shorter guys. So I was a little bit ahead of him, but he was all the way in the back. And so we would go running. We had to run uh, three days a week. And then we would go on these three, four, five-mile runs. And the guys in the front, I mean, they just jogging. But because Kev's legs are so short, he's sprinting. He gone. But he never dropped out. That dude was strong. He would get on that pull-up ball like it was nothing. Because mm. his arms were short. He had to pull up. <laughs> That's my best friend. I can talk about him, but y'all can't. Amen. <laughs> so make a long story short, Saul wasn't cave. Amen. He was a tall man. The Bible says he was head and shoulders, but he was afraid of Goliath. Now, uh, y'all got me ready? All right. So, so Goliath, Goliath comes out and he says, give me a man that I might fight him. In other words, I'm their champion. Send me your champion. And this was Saul's response to that. <laughs> Crickets. Nothing. Nothing from Saul. <laughs> yeah. Nothing from Saul. You understand? 40 days. 40 days. They out there, they struggling. Saul's talking to trash to them, talking about their God, talking about Israel. Y'all ain't nothing. Send me your champion. Crickets, nothing from nobody. <laughs> Saul, none of his army, nobody stepped up. And they were afraid, and I'm about to give you sets of threes, okay? So they were afraid of three things about Goliath. His size, 
his weapons and his words. His signs, his weapons, and his words. And if you think about it, that's what you, when the the devil try to get you, that's what you're really scared of. What you think is his signs, his weapons, and his words. He has no power outside of that. You got to realize, Goliath never fought. He just talked trash. He didn't, he never fought nobody, and that's the way it works. The one who got all the mouth, most of the time. It's a little quiet when you got to watch. They're the ones going to go in, okay? But, but, but Goliath, you got to understand. Well, let's look at what Goliath had on. Now, again, this man is, it, it, scholars say, between 9 and a half to 12 feet tall. Huge individual. Now, if you're going to fight a, a man that's 5 foot 7, 5 foot 8, why do you need all this stuff on? Let, let's read what he, what he had on. We're in chapter 17, verse 5. Chapter 17, verse 5. Look what he had on. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin uh, between his shoulders. Now, the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the iron spearhead weighed six. Hundred shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. So this man had on every piece of armor he could have on, and come here, Tosh. So I'm I'm fully dressed in armor, and I got Tosh in front of me with a shield walking in front of me. Now, what is Tosh gonna block if I'm 12 feet tall? <laughs> If they shoot an arrow at my head, he can't block it with the shield. It Taj ain't short. But that's how much of fear he had because he needed somebody to walk in front of him with all that strength and all that power and all all that armor on. He still needs somebody to walk in front of him with a shield to protect him. Thanks, Taj. All that stuff on here, chump. All he got is mouth. And again, Israel was afraid of three things, his, his size, his weapons, and his words. All right? So then David had brothers, you know, because they're the ones that, that Jesse thought was going to be king, but none of them was king. But some of them were in the army. And so Jesse got worried about his sons that was on a battlefield. And so he said, David, I want you to go and check on your brothers. Find out if they're okay. But and here's the thing I, I love about Jesse because he didn't send him empty-handed. He sent David with three things. He sent David with food, a word, and a seed. You don't ever come to the king without a seed. Y'all get that around kingdom giving time. David came with three things. So David said, Jesse said, take this cheese and give it to the captain. I got some food for the captain because I want, and I also want to get a, I got a word for for, for my sons. And I'm going to bring you a seed. He took grain as well. He took a seed. So David shows up to the battlefield. David finds out that they've been hanging out for 40 days and ain't nobody moved. 
David finds out for 40 days they've been allowing this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine, to talk about them and their God. And nobody did anything. Sound like the church today. We have allowed this Philistine, this uncircumcised entity, to talk bad about us and our God, and we just standing back there behind the enemy lines like, who's going to rise up and be David? Where's the Davids in the world today? See, David, David wasn't, he was not conditioned by, he wasn't a soldier, so he didn't know all the protocol. All he knew was that this thing that's in front of me is not greater than my God. That's why I love babes in Christ. They come with all, a radical type mind. So they come like, you know what? I don't care. You, God said it, I believe it. It's the seasoned saints that hang back. Well, we got to be careful now, Pastor. That, that really doesn't make a lot of sense, Pastor. Uh, how are you going to get all this construction done in this short period of time, Pastor? I said, where the David's at? Amen. Come on, help me here, Holy Spirit. And so David shows up and listen to what David said. David said, what do I get when I kill him? I love David because he didn't use the word if. See, our problem, church, is we use if too much. If God's going to heal me, if God's going to bless me, if I'm going to get the promotion, if, 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 if was a fifth. <laughs> but it ain't. We got to use when, like David, David. So, so you got to say, yeah, when God heal me, when, when, when I get my breakthrough, when. David said, what do I get when I kill him? And there's another three. You're going to get three things, David. You're going to get the king's daughter, riches, and tax freedom. Listen, you know Saul must really want it to get Goliath because he's willing to give up his daughter, give him money, and you and your entire family for the rest of history would not have to pay taxes. Can you believe that? I would have been lying. Like, come on here, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Give me some smooth stones. <laughs> Tax free? <laughs> Lord knows. Yeah. And, and, but, but let me tell you, oh, can I give you another sidebar? Please watch what you say. See, see, Saul was so intimidated by his enemy that he blocked his own blessing. Can I show you how he blocked his own blessing? That means because of what he stated that the winner would get, that means he excluded his family from the for being a champion because now you know Saul had a son named Jonathan who was the prince who should have been the next king so because the first thing you offer was your daughter that means Jonathan can't marry your daughter so that means you excluded your whole family from being a champion watch what you say so now the champion can't come from your house Saul because you want to give up your daughter first Okay, can I give you another um, little, little, let me add this in here. Because see, I, 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 love, I love the word of God because you can make all these connections. This is why the wise men had to come. To, for, to, to, during the time of Jesus, when they came, you know, the wise men, they brought, but they brought three things. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They came because, well, first of all, Joseph and Mary had to go back to Bethlehem, his hometown, because they had to do a census, right? And you know, the purpose of census was to make sure that we got enough people so I can know exactly how much money I'm going to collect. But Jesus didn't have to pay no taxes. 
You remember, he was born in Bethlehem. The Bible, the only thing the Bible says, they came and they just wrote down their names, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. But they didn't have to pay no taxes. Why? Because, because Jesus is a descendant of David, and David's family don't pay taxes. Y'all get that, y'all get that next week. So, 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 so David, let me get back to David. So David comes, he gets five smooth stones. Now, some theologians believe he got five stones because Goliath had brothers. He wanted to make sure he could just get all of them just in case they try to come at him. But all he needed was one. The Bible says he took that, that stone. Let's read it. Let's read. We're in chapter 17. Go to verse 49. I'm about to get to my point in a minute. I'm going to get to my point in a minute. I'm going to get to chapter, um, verse 54 in a, mo- in a moment. I'm just trying to get you there. All right? Look what it says here in verse 49. It says, then David put in his hand um, his bag, and he took out a stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine in the forehead. Listen to what it said. So the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. That messed me up. Because, first of all, Goliath's a huge man. David had enough strength. Remember the Bible that said the hand of the Lord was on him. And so when the hand of the Lord on you, you could do things you couldn't do in your own strength. You realize that, right? He took a stone and he put it in this little sash thing that he had, swung it around, threw it so hard. Remember what the Bible says that he had on a helmet, a bronze helmet. Yet this stone pierced the helmet and pierced his skull and sunk into his skull. That's how much power David had, little shepherd boy. But this is the thing that messed me up. Now, if I come and I hit you with something of that force in your forehead, you would think you would fall back. The Bible says he fell face. You know why? Because that's a, a, that's, that's a posture of worship. That's laying prostrate before the Lord. See, you ain't going to talk bad about God. The Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. And so, so you can talk all the trash you want to, but at the end, you want to bow down before him anyway. <laughs> God said, I'm going to get mine, Goliath. <laughs> he had to lay prostrate before the Lord. Now, 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 this is the part that messed me up with David. Hanging there with a brother. It's going to make sense in a moment. Put on your seatbelts here. So David decides, because you got to understand, there was an exchange between Goliath and David before David got the stone. They started talking to one another. David said to him, you know what? So first of all, Goliath was insulted that David came out as their champion. You know, so this little boy out here to come fight me. You see his size? You see all I got? You know, so this little boy out here to fight me. David said, let me tell you something, man. You don't know me or my God. And I'm going to tell you what. After I kill you, I'm going to cut your head off. This little boy going to tell him that. Sure enough. So after David killed him, David walked up on him and said, time for your head to go, doc. But David realized he didn't have a sword. Okay, but there's Goliath saw it right there. David probably figured you ain't gonna be needing this no more. <laughs> but let me ask you all a question: What is the what is the act called if I take something that don't belong to me? Stealing. Hang hang on to that. So David took the smooth stone. He killed Goliath. Then he stole his sword. But then he walked over. Then he cut his head off he destroyed him. Y- y- y'all missed it. I'm going to say it one more time. Maybe you'll get it this time. He, 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 he came, he took the stone, he killed him, he stole the sword, he cut off his head and he destroyed him. 
He killed. There you go. You got it. <laughs> killed, stilled, and destroyed. So David flipped the script on his enemy. What the enemy had came to do him. That's what John 10, 10 says. John 10, 10 said that the enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So, so, so David flipped the script on his enemy. What the enemy came to do to him, David said, I'm going to do to you. He killed him, stole his sword, and destroyed him. Church, that's what you got to do to your enemy. When the enemy comes against you, you got to flip the script on him. See, the very thing he came to kill you with, that's what you got to use to destroy his kingdom. Let's say he came to try to destroy you with drugs. That was his method of trying to destroy you. Then that means once God delivered you, that means that got to be your testimony of what God has done in your life. You may have to go volunteer at a drug rehab center because you know why? You can use that same thing to destroy his kingdom. Some of you all, it may be sickness that, that, that he tried to use to destroy you. And when God heals your body, you got to use that to destroy his kingdom. But look what God did. You had me on my deathbed, but look what God did. You may have to be a, you may have to go on a lupus walk or a cancer walk just to let the devil know you ain't got me, doc. See, that's what you got to be able to do. When he's trying to use to destroy you, you used to build your testimony. You got to flip the script. Somebody say flip the script. See, David killed, steal, and destroyed. I'm going to get to you before you get to me. That's my mindset, devil. Amen. So, 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 so let's bring me to my, my, my text. Did all that to get you here to verse 54. Look what it says in verse 54. And David took the Philistine's head and he brought it to Jerusalem. And he put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. I, I, I got I, I to gotta, give me a moment here to, to, to break this thing down. Because the Bible calls this city Jerusalem so we can make a connection. But understand at this point in history, it was not Jerusalem. Let me explain it to you. Understand that this first city, the first time we hear about this city was during the time of Abraham. And during the time of Abraham, the city was called Salem or Salam. And it was called Salam during the time when he was dealing with Melchizedek. But you got to realize what happened that over a period of time, Israel was in captivity in Egypt. And during that time, the Philistines, I mean, the, uh, the, the Canaanites all broke up and they took all of Israel's land. All of that was theirs. And so the, the, the people who were living in this city at the time was called the Jebusites. And the Jebusites named the city Jebus. That was the name of the city. So when David was going there, it wasn't Jerusalem. It was Jebus. Understand that the Jebusites ruled in this city for 250 years. It wasn't until 23 years after this moment that David went in and he conquered the city and he called it Jerusalem. And that's why it's called the city of David. Wow. Yeah. So I'm in theology class right now. <laughs> and so they called it Jerusalem so we can make the connection, but it wasn't Jerusalem yet. It was Jabus. So David was taking the head to where he was going. That's why I said not here. He didn't take the head to Bethlehem because that's where he was from. He didn't leave it there in Elam where he was fighting his enemy. But he took the head and said, I'm going to bury it where I'm going. My question to you, church, is what, what have you done in your future? Which seed have you sown into your future? What have you planted? What have you buried in your future? So I'm coming back for this thing. See, we only, see, we plant our seed in our past and we plant our seed in our present. We never think about the future. 
See, I'm, I'm telling you, church, my mindset has changed. God, I'm grateful for where I am, but let me start casting seed where I want to go. Let me, let, me, let me start planting my seed where I want to be. So I'm grateful where I am, but I'm trying to get there. And so I got to take this head and take it there. Now understand what David did when he did that. He took that head there and he buried that head there in Jabus. That will one day become Jerusalem. Now he conquered and destroyed and buried his giant there. This is the same place 42 generations later <laughs> that God said, I'm going to send my son. And in that very same place, that same city, I'm going to destroy all your giants. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, on that old rugged cross, Jesus said, I'm going to, it's finished. So right there in that same place where Goliath's head lies, all your giants have to lie down there. And I believe that partly because David planted that thing there. He said, I ain't going to leave it here. I'm going to take it there. What do, you, what do you have in front of you that you're not even paying attention to? What city do God has in front of you that you're supposed to conquer? David was going to conquer this city for 23 years later. However, he had enough know-how to say, I'm going to take this head with me, and I'm going to put it there so that when I get back, that the king of kings, he will also conquer all my giants there in that same place. See, we, we, we only worry about the here and now, but what about tomorrow? What, 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 about, what about your future in the Lord? So, so at church, I want to I admonish you. I want you to start thinking about what's in front of you. What, God, what, what dreams and visions that God has given you that's right in front of you that you haven't even thought about yet, you haven't even tapped into? I want you to get a seed and, and bury it there. Because I tell you what's going to happen, that seed's going to grow. And that seed's going to grow right in the place. And so by the time you get there, your harvest is already growing. Because you planted a seed there before you even got there. And so can you imagine that? I'm reaping my harvest where I am. Then God elevates me. When I get over here, that's already a seed waiting for me. <laughs> a tree already been planted. And all I got to do is reap at that point. Yeah. David took that head and said, but that's the thing. He could have left that head in the tent with the armor. Because I'm taking this head with me. Because I'm going to put it in a place where I'm going to conquer one day. I'm going to put it in a place where I'm going to, and I want all my enemies to know that I did this. <laughs> me and the Lord, we did this, and, and we're planning this here because one day there's going to come a Savior that's going to destroy all of our giants in the same place where I planted this giant. Church, I want to encourage you to say, don't stay here. But think about over there. Come on, stand on your feet. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the Rhema Talk podcast. To hear this sermon again or get caught up with past sermons, you can download the Mixcloud app and search Manifest Glory. Or you can search for MGWC's Rhema Talk podcast in the iTunes store on your iPhone or iPad. Also, don't forget to like MGWC on Facebook and go to mdwc.net to get caught up on all the latest church announcements. Thank you for listening to the Rama Talk podcast, and we hope you will join us next time.